This is one for the books. Thank you for stopping by. Okay, so uh, tonight we have a musical guest. Uh, this gentleman was our first musical guest ever on the show, uh, you know, so kind of traversing the interesting Instagram live dynamic. Uh, you know, we tried to do musical stuff and I was like, listen, let's bring someone in who can play a song and uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. So we brought a kid in by the name of uh, Dylan Owen, who uh, the story the, the story runs deep here. So uh, I was playing in a band back in the day. Or I, was, I, was, I was managing a band back in the day, back in, I want to say 2011. I think Dylan corrects me in the interview, 2010, 2011. Uh, Dylan Owen is a phenomenally talented individual. He, ro- he rolled out a record called The Book Report. And uh, we met in Poughkeepsie and, uh, you know, it, it was a place called the Chance Theater. It was, uh, it was a, it's, it's a really historic kind of place. And I saw him play, uh, you know, uh, some songs off this record. He's playing to a little backing track and with some beats and things like that. And, uh, you know, and I was like, this kid's really got something special. So for the next, I mean, essentially almost 10 years, a little over 10 years at this point, uh, I followed his career and I was just, I've been fortunate. He's been such a great friend of mine, such a great friend of everything I've done. And, uh, he's always been there for me and he's, he's just a great individual. He's so incredibly talented. His, his finger is on the pulse of the human condition in the way that I think no other individual could ever do it. And I think that's something that speaks volumes to someone's character and I guess their understanding of humanity and things like that. And, uh, coming from a, a hip hop artist, an independent artist like that is really just, shed an immense amount of light on, uh, on, you know, on, on where the talent really lies. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. He's been a friend of mine for so long. And, you know, I think it's, he's been putting out amazing music. Anyone who's ever heard it, uh, you know, has gravitated towards it immediately, you know. So to know someone for 10 years, I think he's been one of, uh, in this interview, in this series of interviews anyway, uh, he's the individual I've known the longest, you know, and I'm very proud to say that. So uh, without further ado, this interview is terrific. We talk about kind of what he's doing during quarantine and how the creative process has kept him going and what he, what he kind of thinks of all his albums. So without further ado, uh, the man who is incredibly talented, uh, Dylan Owen. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? How's everything? How you been? Good. How have you been? Good, good. We got the quarantine hair going, both of us, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, man. Mine is like getting so long during quarantine. It's crazy. You have this artistic excuse, though. I just don't. So you have something. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad excuse. Um, yeah, it's good to see you, though, man. It's been forever. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So I appreciate you stopping by. Um, you know, I got some awesome questions I think people will be excited about. And uh, we'll have some fun. So let's hop on into it. Hell yeah, let's do it. So, all right, now, Bruises just passed 30K on Spotify. Now, I know you kind of had this philanthropic aspect to it. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we were donating, and I was doubling all the donations um, to benefit Direct Relief. Do you know that charity? I'm not familiar. No, tell me a bit about it. So they're an awesome charity, and, I mean, they do different things for depending on, like, what it is. But right now, their COVID-19 initiative was to – um, and still is to donate medical supplies to healthcare workers. Um, and my mom is a nurse working in New York City right now. Oh, wow. Um, Thank you. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So that I just thought that was an important cause. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, people seem to love the song and hopefully it like, you know, help get the word out there. And I don't know. I think it's like, even if it just makes a very small difference, I think it's still good to do. Of course. I'd imagine every little bit helps, especially in such a trying time. You know, it's totally. So, yeah. unpre- so unpredictable. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, I had that song planned like before, before quarantine started or anything though. So it just kind of like gave me, it gave me like a month of just focusing on the release. So that, that was sort of nice. It was like a, you know, a hidden blessing. You were able to take your time and roll it out properly kind of thing, you know, which is always great. 
totally just locked up working on the music so try to make the most of it absolutely now you've gotten some press recently uh the brown Pol political review interviewed you uh what was that like uh that was cool it was like a rainy day in brooklyn i sat down <laughs> with amelia their journalist and it was actually we did it in like the coolest space it was this art it was in an art installation so like imagine like an art museum she had access to it and we sat in there and we just talked really freely and openly and she recorded the whole thing and then wrote it down and sometimes when you do that with interviews it comes out like totally butchered but it, it didn't at all it was like very true to like our conversation and she just had really really good questions and interesting questions so that's why i was like so excited to post that one how long did you guys chat for probably like an hour and a half like a long time that's solid absolutely yeah yeah it was cool it was good now okay getting a little bit more uh, a little deeper into things i know it's been very tough with people being quarantined and everyone's going a bit kind of crazy stir crazy trying to find a creative outlet now obviously i've known this and i think anyone who's watching this uh, knows that writing is a huge outlet for you now on a scale of one to ten, how important has writing been during this kind of stir crazy cabin fever situation? And then just overall in general? I'd say especially, especially during this, it's been a ten. Um, I'm yeah. Asking, yeah, it's like I'm trying to I want to take this time to really just write write the new stuff that I've kind of been like dreaming of in my head for a long time, if that makes sense. And of course. Sometimes with, you know, normal life, you just get swept up in like everything going on and the writing as much as I always want it to be the main thing, sometimes it'll just get pushed to the back burner. Um, or like, I'll, let's say, for example, I'll have a song idea that feels ambitious and I just never get the time to like sit down and do it. So I, I'd say it's always like my biggest priority, but right now I feel like I could actually act on that. So I don't know. It's been good. I can't say I've like, I've nailed it, you know, I have like <laughs> finished, finished the songs I want to finish, but I'm working on them. I've been like making demos every day. They're probably just garbage, but you know. I'm <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's it, it, it's tough to be creative at a time where there's so much, you know, kind of. It's very dismal, very kind of bleak, you know. And there's no real certainty when this is going to kind of get that kind of pop to bring us all back to reality. It's. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day uh, via Zoom, which is now like the new like watering hole, I suppose. You yeah. know, and uh, we were chatting about how this is one of the ha as crazy as this sounds. You know, some of the days during this quarantine have been some of the happiest I've been. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I get to do stuff that I've been putting off for months, sometimes years. You know, it's like there's been this weird sense of, like, satisfaction as far as, you know, uh, productivity. Have you felt something similar or are you kind of on the opposite side of that? I've maybe been a little more productive. I think the big change that I feel is I feel like time is we're treating time a little bit differently during yeah. this. Like, like at night, like doing this now on a Friday night and – it just feels completely normal. And I don't know, I've been kind of like just going around the clock, not necessarily nonstop, but more of like spontaneously. So that's felt good. And I feel like everybody's on that wave too. Um, it's just the nature of like being at home all the time. And I feel like kind of the days, everyone kind of shares this side, but the days kind of melting together, you know? Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> It's tough, you know, it gets a little bit monotonous, but I think, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking the other day that like, maybe, you know, the new norm is kind of seeping in, you know, maybe not everyone has to go out as soon as it's five o'clock on Friday. It's everyone kind of, you know, stay in a bit more on the weekends. And I don't know, I think you're right. I think the perspective of time has changed greatly, even in just, you know, the most recent five weeks. Yeah, yeah, completely, totally. Now, okay, I've been a fan of yours for a very long time. We met in, I want to say 2000 and maybe 11, might even be before that, honestly, it was at, in Poughkeepsie at the Chance Theater. You were playing uh, the, 
break contest for Bamboozle. 2010. 2010. There we go. Yeah, I was close. I was close. I didn't even cheat and try to look it up. I just went straight off the cuff. So I'm That's surprised pretty, I was that close. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the book report had just come out, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah so this is, we're really, we're going back there. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. So now, obviously, a ton has happened in that time, you know, from kind of from then until now. Now, you uh, the latest you rolled out was Holes in Our Stories. That was the last record that you put out, you know, the last, last bullet. How much has changed in this sense of now? I know, obviously, a, a ton has changed since the book report. How much has changed in kind of the aspect of now? You, you talk, speak about a girl a fair amount, you know, in those records leading up to here. Now, is it always the same girl you're referencing, or is it some, just whoever, you know, the like blank is at the time? Um, I think it's probably the same girl across the records that, that you're referring to. It's, re it's really only been like, you know, two or three girls in mentioned in my albums ever. Um, but yeah, Holes in Our Stories is, is the same as a lot of the older material. It's supposed to be this like through line across my albums. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely like a, a repeating, you know, motif or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could get like way deeper into it, but that's kind of that's the gist of it. Um, but I want to say like as much as has changed in the world and like in, you know, my music life and everything, like it's actually very similar to back then. Like I'm still working with Nico Skinny Atlas, who's my producer, like yep. same guy who was making all those tracks back then. Like I still am working with a lot of the same friends from high school. Like my operation is really like not that different. So um, and I love that. That's like it just keeps it feeling like natural to me. Have you um, found it satisfying to grow together? Yeah, definitely. I have. Um, I think like we've ever, and when I say we, I mean like all the creative people I work with, I think we've all just gotten like better at our individual things. Like it just kind of makes it easier to do stuff at a faster pace or to try something new and like, no, you can just execute on it. Um, so yeah, it's been good. And like, I think one of the big changes in my music has been, playing with live musicians since then. Like back then when you saw me, I'm sure I was just rapping over a track. Yeah, yeah. And now it's it's like I rap over a track and then I usually have a violinist, this guy named Gabe Valley, who's so talented. And then I usually have a trumpet player and guitarist. And that's it's generally this guy, Nate Sander, who's also like insanely talented. Um, so I don't know, that that's like something that's developed with the live set. I'm sure it's super satisfying to have that full body there now, you know, obviously playing, you know, rapping over a track is, you know, kind of the bare bones of the way you could execute, you know, but I think even, you know, you would feel the energy having those live instrument, uh, live instrumental aspect there. Uh, do you share the sentiment? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it also gives me like, I could do stuff like extend the endings of songs and like do like an acapella in between and have them riff on their instruments. So it just adds more to it. And I think it represents more of what you actually feel in the recordings and what you hear in them. So it's not like full on live band, but just it, you know, I usually play with instruments of sorts. And like tonight I'll just be playing on my guitar, which is like totally stripped down. For sure, for sure. Now, obviously, you know, I'd love to keep you dive deep into all three albums, but I'm gonna kind of go with this condensed aspect of it. So now we're gonna start with Keep Your Friends Close. Now, give me three words that describe your mindset uh, during the writing process of that record. I know it was a while ago, but can you dig deep and try and track it down? Yeah. Um... Three, I don't know about three words necessarily. That's kind of hard to break it up into. But a big thing was um, going from high school to college. So maybe like the word, you know, transition. Okay. Um, and then 
it was a lot of like still hanging on to my old high school life and not wanting that to change. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know the best word for that. <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm supposed to be the word guy here, but <laughs> yeah. um, like hanging on to that old life and then going into college and just like not really feeling prepared for it. And then like the snow up in Ithaca. Those are like the yeah. three images. That's always that like a staple on. of that record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember like just writing those songs like laboring over them to death, like listening to the demos and I'd be missing like a word or two for like three months. And then finally it was like, <laughs> like, like the song landmarks. It's like, I had so much of it ready. And then just on the last day I wrote like, you know, this remaining 30% or something <laughs> that somehow worked out. Very nice. Now moving on to uh, there's more to life. Now this record uh, is one of my favorites. And I feel like it's, this was almost, uh, to me personally, was kind of those records where you kind of come home and a lot of the dust is settled. You see your friends kind of settling. You see things that you want better for them. And, uh, you know, you're kind of, watch, kind of watching what's from this uh, theatric point of view. You know, that was my take on the record. I don't know if that could be crazy left field. Uh, yeah, like I said, what, what was your take on that record in your mindset? No, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds really accurate. It was kind of like the dust had settled, like with friends and stuff, and it became more of a inward facing album. I felt like that was that was the first album where I really started to explore like my psychology and it reminds me of the stuff I wrote like w way before we had ever met even like my very very first releases and they were like 2007 2008 and those were just like so psychological and you know <laughs> like underground rap and all that and that's where I feel like there's more to life has elements of that and it's a lot about like my own existential questions about you know my existence and where I'm going in life. And I think that's the thread I'm still on. That's definitely like the new stuff I've been writing has been, I think, in that vein. Now, as a, as a fellow small town guy myself, there was, uh, I wanted to see kind of where this lyric came from. So put me on the spot right here. There's a lyric guy that goes, there's more to life than smoking cigarettes with mom with the Simpsons on. Now there is a situation in small towns, you know, where, you know, there's kind of, uh, you have these people who are your typical burnouts and things like that. You don't really have any desire to do anything more. Where did that line come from? Was there an actual moment where you, you know, kind of were like, this line is going to be awesome? Yeah, well, I could tell you where I thought of that line. I was I was on the bus um, going back and forth between New York and New York City and upstate. Um, and that image kind of popped into my head. And it is it's based on a real person. I don't I, I can't say who it is. But, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a real scenario. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I tried to make all the images in that song where I'm saying there's more to life than this. There's more to life than that. I wanted them to be equally about my real life, but also also like universal that like, you know, it's kind of a reference point. You can understand like what it represents, you know, for anybody. Absolutely. Now the holes in our stories aspect, this is the latest album, you know, that you put out now. This is the most current, I guess, stream of consciousness, you know, uh, that you're rolling out into art. Now, what, what was your take on this? Where were you, where was your headspace for this? So it is, it's definitely the most recent, but in a way, Here's how I think of the album. I think of Holes in Our Stories as it was all these song concepts that I've always wanted to write since I was in like the 10th grade. And I just wanted to go back in time and like finish them and release them. And I felt like I had to do that in order to get back to like square one again and just be like fully creative. So it was kind of these th like both like emotionally, the story of the album, holding on to this relationship and grief and all these things. And then the actual process of the songs, it was a lot of like, 
go back, revisit these old things, and then just like they're buried for good kind of feeling. Okay, kind of um, like a, a last, like kind of victory lap on it, but just kind of like, that's it, we're done, you know, like. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of the essence of it. Right on, right on. Now, I know people don't like to pick their favorite children. If you had to pick a favorite album, which one would it be? No, I like that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, if I had to say, like, immediately at this, like, just present day at this yep. point in time, I think I would go with There's More to Life. Okay. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I've been, and maybe it's because I'm upstate now for quarantine, and it's like, I'm, like, feeling the upstate vibes, but I've just been listening back to it more and more lately, and I think the new stuff I'm writing is, like, closest to that. Cool. Well, right on. I mean, I, they're all terrific, and, you know, you, you've yet to... <laughs> I'm sure to support the fans, they've all loved it. So I, I'm one of those included. So what, what do you, what, what, yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you for like supporting from way back in the day. Of course, my man. You're, you always, like, you're always checking out the new releases and stuff. And it like, it just goes a long way. Um, I mean, I think you know that you're somebody who's always been in the arts and everything. So you understand. But um, I don't know. I think like people don't realize how much of an impact it has just to like actually keep up with somebody's art. It like, you know, it really changes things. I, I, I'm sure for the decade mark. So I think the great contest was in May. So we're coming up on it. So. Cool. Amazing, man. And now you're playing I'm Still Spinning for us tonight. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, let's rip. It's on you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I wish we could get the guitar in the view, but it's kind of, um, let's see what I can do here. Cool. I'll go like that. So this is I'm Still Spinning. So here we go, record playing, stepping into separate ways. This one's a toast to the roads that will happen. Blades, I say I still remember when we chilled in the attic. An overdose of dead jokes, I think I'm still laughing. From our whispers on the roof of your car that you had. If we're doing this, let's do it big as dynamite. Imagine that another 50 years pass. I mean what I said. Just look to the right when it seems like nothing's left. Look to the sight of the smiles after setbacks. It feels like time flies wearing wings in a jetpack. Money can't buy happiness, but if I had a million bucks, I'd spend it on a million things to keep my feelings up. Thanks for the everything, the cliches, the keep sham. Thanks for the running rugged road at my feet. Now it's time to leave behind the things you couldn't get to me. Now it's time to breathe out of thanks for the memories. Man, I gotta make sure this one's turning gold, cause this one's one for the road. And so I'm singing loud, I gotta leave behind the things you never said to me. Now it's time to scream out of thanks for the memories. Man, I gotta make sure this one's turning gold, cause this one's a toast to the road. So here we go, destination, I don't know wherever's waiting This one's a toast to the roads that will soon be taken This one's an ode to the faces that'll change Take your blueprints, throw them away And let me tell you that I think our names are still written underneath the bleachers I think that Molly's still got a lot for her to dream of I've seen the parking lot, it's still digging with relief The pink sombrero bandits weren't taken from the scene But imagine that the world ends and I'm still spinning Faster than a carousel of memories that never finish The roads a skinny place you might not fit But if you never had hope, let that shit out of your system cause I'm getting sick of being lonely on your lawn throwing rocks at your window in the middle of the morning stop if you think that you could fiddle through this song of life is like the road the way it keeps moving on now it's time to leave behind the things you couldn't get to me now it's time to breathe out of thanks for the memories man I gotta make sure this one's turning gold cause this one's one for the road and so I'm singing loud I gotta leave behind the things you never said to me and now it's time to scream out of thanks for the memories man I gotta make sure this one's turning gold cause this one's a song very nice very nice well thank, thank you for doing that i appreciate it yeah Terrific. of course Terrific. 
Yeah, that's the fully acoustic version. There you go. There you go. So, yes, uh, Dylan Owen, at Dylan Owen Music, before you go, again, thank you many times for stopping by. Quarantine questionnaire, four kind of silly questions that uh, have been keeping you going through quarantine. What's been the food or snack of choice? We've been making Mexican food, like, <laughs> so often. You say that kind of bashfully. You're like, oh, Mexican food a lot. <laughs> it's just like, like we're, I'm literally about to go make it again because it's so easy to make. It's just like you basically make ground meat and just throw the Mexican seasoning in there. So, yeah, yeah, Mexican food has been the food of choice. Now, now uh, drink. What have, you been, what have you been sipping on? Uh, espresso, like, a lot because um, there's an espresso machine here. Normally, I'm just like a drip coffee guy, so I've been like hyped up all the time on espresso. <laughs> I'm sure that makes the days go by much faster, too, as well. Oh, yeah. The demos get weirder. <laughs> um, now, show or movie? Been watching anything? I know we're talking about Tiger King and Ozark. Everyone's telling me that's not um, so I haven't seen Tiger King, but I watched Ozark. Um, Ozark is amazing. Highly recommend it. And um, Little Fires Everywhere, I started watching, too. It's a good one. Very nice. Yeah, I'm just going to run a promo reel for Ozark after every guest I ask. Everyone's like, Ozark is amazing, phenomenal, you know, so. It's so good, yeah. I mean, it's so bleak. Maybe it's just people are feeling that. Yeah, true, true. And uh, this is, uh, I'm sure this, this is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, advice for staying sane during quarantine. Speak to the people. I would say getting whatever fresh air you can is actually my advice. Um, I don't know, even if, you know, you have like a balcony or open a window or what, whatever your situation is, trying to get fresh air, that's like definitely been helping me a lot. Right on. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for popping by. I'm sure we'll be in touch very soon. Uh, you know, just try to stay sane over there. I know it's getting crazy and keep creating the art and keep crushing it. Yeah, you too, man. Thank, thank you for having me on. Of course. My pleasure. Dylan Owen Music on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go follow him. It's terrific. Uh, tonight he played I'm Still Spinning. Amazing song. Go check it out. Stream it. Download it. Watch it on YouTube. Watch this if you'd like. Again, it'll be up for tomorrow. Uh, Dylan, thanks for popping by. Of course. Thank you, man. You're very welcome. Always great chatting with the talented Dylan Owen. If you want to follow him along on all his socials, uh, it's at Dylan Owen Music, and you can stream A Time to Move On on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. If you want to follow me along, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at the Adam Lopez. And if you don't mind, download, rate, and subscribe. Thanks, guys.